wonderful wife came and let me know that I needed to un- unmute myself. So there we go. I am now unmuted. Uh, my name is Rashawn, and I have the honor and privilege, thanks to, of uh, bring the word this morning, preaching the word. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to focus in on verses 17 through chapter 5, verse 2. And you know, being that the circumstances that, that we're in right now, I've definitely been at home a lot more. And one of the things we'll talk about is uh, speech, wholesome speech. And that kind of comes up. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, our daughter, Rosalind, we've, we've uh, done a lot to try to encourage her to make sure that she is, uh, is, is encouraged, that, that we're spurring her on as she does things she's supposed to do. So a lot of the times we would praise her like, good job, Rosie, great, good job. But little did we know we were making deposits that would have a return. You see, so uh, now at, at different points during the day, uh, if, let's say I'm putting on a shirt before going out to work or what have you, Rosalind will come up to me and say, you put on your shirt, Daddy? You put it on? Good job, Daddy. I'm so proud of you. Little two and a half year old. And it's, it's already bringing back returns, that, that encouragement. So uh, that's been great. It's been great to spend spend time at home and things like that. There are plenty more. We call them the adventures of Super Rosie is what we call them. Uh, there are plenty more of those as well. But uh, here in the passage, it was great really to, to go back and look at this passage. It had been a while since I looked at uh, Ephesians. And so it was encouraging. Uh, I've always found Ephesians to be an encouraging book um, to go back and see. I know Bobby preached on the first part of Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 1 through 16, a couple of weeks ago. And that was great. It was convicting. Uh, Paul is talking to the Ephesian church. He's written this letter. And in the first few verses, he's really uh, trying to drive home unity. That, that at all costs make every possible effort to be unified. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Um, though it costs you all you have, it seems, he says, uh, pursue unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, then he argues Jesus's deity, his his descension here to earth, his ascension back up to where he was before with God. Uh, after that, he names a different offices and different titles in the church and their purpose of preparing God's people for works of service and moving moving them towards spiritual maturity. And then Paul speaks uh, on what results from that maturity uh, or from from what the the those offices do to promote maturity, that they bring steadfastness, that that their job is to help the church to be impervious to deceitful scheming of others, to uh, to false doctrines and, and to help each other be ready to do our parts in serving the church. And then Paul moves on and we'll pick up in verse 17 of chapter four, Ephesians chapter four. Usually I would say, if you're there, say amen. Um, I assume you all are there, so I'm going to go ahead and read. All right. Thanks, Bobby. (laughs) So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. 
having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ this way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Usap right there so the title of the sermon today is to remember unity is at stake yes remember unity is at stake or remember for the sake of unity uh whichever one you want to write in your notes is completely fine and okay so the first part is remember paul remember in, in this chapter he's really trying to nail home unity and the importance of unity and so He's letting them know or reminding them of where they were by describing the world around them, the world without God, a world without Christ. And he tells them to remember what it was like, that, that they had a way of thinking that amounted to nothing, that they were absent of a true purpose and absent of clarity, that there was darkness in their understanding. It was as if the lights had just been, been turned out, uh, is this all that there is to life? They were separated from God because of an ignorance from the hardening of their hearts. And maybe, quite possibly, they had heard about Jesus. Someone's uh, brought up Jesus to them, but they reject the notion of religion or just are unimpressed with him and, and don't want to uh, have anyone infringing on their life. You know, with all that's, that's going on inside, Paul talks about how the Gentiles... They choose an outlet and their outlet because of that emptiness and uncertainty is that they lose all sensitivity to others and even what's going on within themselves. And so they live for the moment, right? They give themselves over to all sensuality, to every kind of impurity and to greed. And it becomes a sort of a you only live once and a fear of missing out all stirred and mixed into one where it's let me get all I can. If this is all there is to life, then let me just enjoy it. Let me uh, just live it up. And he's sharing that this remember this is this is what the world is like, and that as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we can uh, you the, the Ephesians, the Ephesian church can no longer live that way. That there was enough time spent like that, and you know it's. This was really a call for me, and I'm going to share a lot about myself. The hope is that in sharing my experience, you're able to relate to it and uh, glean something from it as well. But uh, it was like, man, this this hits kind of close to home, doesn't it? Uh, do do I remember like wondering what life was about amidst empty relationships, again, uh, amidst hurting people and being hurt by others, the partying. Uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, binges to relieve pain and, and the stresses of life, the wondering of what is life even all about? Uh, what, what am I supposed to be pursu pr pursuing? You know, do we remember uh, the, the pursuit of achievement and success and happiness only to find 
that that success was fleeting and it, it ran away. It was unfulfilling in the end. Do we remember thinking uh, it'll change with more success and more achievement, but to no avail? Uh, do we remember, do I remember being insensitive and hurting others? Um, only being concerned with my own agenda, idolizing romantic relationships. Do we remember the empty pursuit of, of immorality? Do we remember what it was like before someone opened up God's word with us and, and shared uh, and insisted in the Lord that we no longer live in the world. And uh, I can easily, very easily forget what it was like. Um, that's why I'm, I'm grateful uh, for this passage really pointing out that, you know, things were not okay. Things were not great. Everything was not peachy keen, maybe on the outside, maybe in sticks, but the deeper level, the when I was with myself level, the looking at myself in the mirror level was not uh, grand. It was not great. Everything was not all together. Um, and so other things were used to in order to comfort uh, myself. I can forget that God brought me out through Jesus, that uh, I become grateful, especially now I can struggle with, man, I still have to go to midweek. I still have to go. Uh, to to the service, I could be at work, make more money, like getting more financial security, or I could be out uh, stocking up on toilet tissue, you know, because you, you never know these days, um, you know, or or that money that I'm that I'm giving uh, that that could go towards other things, the money that I give to God, or uh, I don't feel like calling people. You know, I, I, I don't remember what God brought me from, so I don't feel like it. I, I stay in touch, stay in touch with the brothers and sisters. Like, it's it's crazy right now. Like, can I be real? Like, I'm, I'm stressed. Uh, at times, I'm depressed. It's it's crazy out here. Or I know I should be reading my Bible, but to be honest, I'm more concerned with what's being posted or what's in this news article. Like, I want to keep track of this count. I want to know what's going on. I'm trying to form. Uh, you know, maybe it's me, but these are the things that that I can uh, do. And in a sense, I, I'm putting on my old self again and being concerned with the, the worries of this world and, and forgetting um, the call, the call that, that Jesus brought me to. And it's the next part that really convicted me in, in verse 20 it says, you, however, did not come to know Christ this way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in an attitude of your minds and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I had to remember, man, this, what I'm feeling now, those things that, amen, we have struggles, amen. But, but while I was going through, that wasn't the way of life that I learned when I was taught about Jesus. That wasn't the, the story I was told, the, the continuation of, of the great and awesome story that began in, uh, begins in Genesis. Well, it begins in eternity before that with God, but it begins in Genesis with, with Adam and the, the great story that goes on to the Israelites, to David, to, uh, to Jesus, to us. We are part of that same story. And, and remembering what I was taught, that that uh, I was taught to 
not give up meeting together. You know, as it talks about in Hebrews chapter 10, um, that, that means of the body, that, that this is everything, that unity that Paul is, is trying so hard to instill in the Ephesian church. Like, that's, it's so important. I was taught to, to not worry about what I would eat or what, what I would wear, as Andrew said earlier, but to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In Matthew 6, I was taught, the way of life that I was taught in Christ was to love one another as Christ loved me, not just love one another, like have a, a happy go lucky feeling about people, but to love one another with the standard of Christ and how Christ loved in John 13. I was taught that faith comes from hearing the message and that the message is heard through the word about Christ, not, not the word about the latest current event. Faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ as in Romans 10. The way of life that I learned in hearing about Christ was to devote my first moments to God, was to, to open up my Bible, was to pray, to journal, giving God my, my first moments, the, that, that first bit of time in the day, as opposed to what I can tend to do, which is give that first moment to my phone. Um, I learned to, and you may think, well, Rashawn, that's for you to say when you became a disciple. We didn't have all these capabilities on our phones. They probably had carrier pigeons, you know, giving messages back and forth. And to that, I say, that's messed up. Okay, that's really messed up. No, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. What What are we devoting ourselves to? Uh, is important. That's what I learned to devote myself to. We still had video games. We still had internet. Okay, everybody, calm down. Uh, two, I learned to ask my brothers and sisters two questions. And I would ask, I asked this so often that I remember a sister telling me that she avoided me in the fellowship because <laughs> she knew I was going to be asking these questions. Um, but I remember learning to ask these two questions to roommates, brothers and sisters. One was, what is God showing you in your personal quiet times, in your times of prayer and reading every day? What is, what is God showing you? What are you learning? What is he teaching you? Please share with me. The second question I always asked was, what can I pray for? And, and this was a way of life that I learned. And it's what I need to remember. Paul is telling the Ephesians, man, remember that. Remember yourself. Remember the, the old. But don't harp on that. Don't park there. Be grateful for the new and remember the new self and do the things. Do we remember what we did at first? Do we remember what we were taught? Do we remember what we learned? Are we leaning on those things during this time? Though some of us have more time, some of us have less time. But let's go back. Let's go back. What is what is Jesus saying in Revelation to one of the churches? He says that you've forgotten your first love, right? Do the things you did at first. If you're looking for a practical, do the things that you did at first. Remember, what God showed me through this passage is that I was putting back on the old self. And... The, the call is not to do that. The call is not to go backwards. Um, I was only seeing what was in front of me and as opposed to seeing uh, who's inside me and, and uh, what God has brought me from. A few questions is, do we remember the way of life we learned when we heard about Christ? Do we think about what we were taught? And do we remember how Jesus completely changed everything? 
Remember, we, we were taught through Jesus to put on our new self. We were, according to this passage, we were created to be like God. We were created in his image, in true righteousness, and in true holiness. Righteousness means that we're bringing glory to God. Our life, our life is lived in such a way that brings God glory. Holiness means that we're set apart, that when people look at us, they see something different than when they look at everything else. That we've been put a, put a, set aside, set apart, and that we're holy. And this wasn't something that we did. It's not like we, we can just put on our old self. We took off our old selves and put on our new selves. Like an article of clothing we do ourselves, God did this. God gave us a new self in Christ. He clothed us with Jesus. He took off the old self. He gave us true righteousness and holiness. He set us apart as his very own, remembering is about returning to the source of our salvation. Remember where he brought us from and remember that he gave us a new self in Jesus. And that's how we'll pick out. That's how we'll be uh, a city on a hill, um, a light shining in darkness. That's how we'll give hope, taking advantage of every opportunity is being plugged in to God, into the vine so that we can bear fruit during this time. People are looking to us. People are looking to us for, for help, looking to us for hope. They're, they're searching. They're questioning. They're looking for God. We are the extension of Christ in their life. You know, it's us. So what do we need to do? Because don't put all that pressure on yourself. We need to connect to the source, to God. And the Holy Spirit will guide us in how to help others. But we need to remember. We need to remember. The second and last point is for the sake of unity or for unity's sake. And I'll read on from here, uh, starting in verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with his hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for their redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Chapter 5, verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God for unity's sake. So Paul is bringing all these things up. What, what the disciples in Ephesus were, who they are, the old self, the new self. And now he goes into practicals. And this is all, remember, for the sake of unity, for the sake of unity within the church, for the sake of unity within the body, brothers and sisters, uh, the folks that you would, normally see on uh monday uh, sorry hopefully mondays hopefully you know sundays and wednesdays 
and, and Fridays. This is the church. And he's reminding them of these things, how they lived. And, and he's reminding them of what needs to be done practically to maintain unity. So the practicals are for the sake of Christian living. In verse 3, early in the chapter, uh, just to kind of nail it home, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the, <clears throat> excuse me, through the bond of peace. And we have to remember that Paul has encountered what can happen uh, when disciples in a church live as, uh, as Gentiles do. He's, he's encountered uh, what can happen when uh, Christian practicals are neglected. Remember that by this time, he's already written two letters to the Corinthian church. And in those letters, he's calling out sin. He's given instruction on church discipline. He's even uh, countering opposition. And in the second letter, he is uh, praising repentance as well as giving more uh, encouragement to, to, to repent as well. But nevertheless, he knows the importance of unity, that unity is found in Christ, that, that Christ has to be the foundation and that loving one another is how we continue to promote and uh, keep unity. In essence, Paul is sharing what the new self should look like. Paul tells them to put off falsehood and to speak truthfully to each other as members of one body. He's talking about disciples putting off falsehood in their relationships with one another. The, the, he's to speak truthfully in their relationships to each other. You know, when someone asks me, hey, Rashawn, how are you doing? And I'm like, good. Am I being truthful? I have to think, am I, am I really answering truthfully? Or am I just putting on falsehood, surfaceiness, especially if I feel a lot in my heart that, that, you know, I may not feel like getting into? Am I being truthful? Uh, am, am I asking for prayer? Am I saying, bro, you know, it's things are a little tough right now. Uh, keep me in your prayers. Are things are a little tough right now. Here's what I've been going through. How do I put off falsehood and tell the truth in my relationships? How, how do we do this? Um you know, falsehood, are we being shallow with our brothers and sisters uh, as opposed to diving in to deep conversations? Um, you can always find examples in, in Jesus, right, of, of putting the word into practice. Go figure. Imagine that. Jesus is putting the words of God into practice. But in the garden, before the crucifixion in Mark 14, Jesus tells his disciples, he confesses, he says, I am overwhelmed to the point of death, uh, overwhelmed with sorrow. Now, if there was anyone that could have put up this persona of having it all together and, and not being shaken under any circumstance, it was Jesus. Right. But what does he do? He puts off all falsehood and he speaks truthfully to his disciples and sets such a great example of that. And we know that he was tempted in every way. So he was likely tempted to uh, not be that open. But although he was tempted in every way, glory be to God, he was without sin. And, and so we have this great example. I think about uh, my D groups when I was in uh, campus or, or at Virginia State University. And there was five of us brothers and we, we would get honest, man. It would, it would get real. We'd share the truth with each other. Uh, VSU, shout out, Juice, and those others that be listening. Um, but we challenged each other. Sometimes it got a little rough. 
You know, sometimes it got heated. People either got quiet or people left. Doors got slammed. People stood up. It was it was nuts. It was crazy. But what it did was it, it built a foundation of unity to where I could call any of those brothers at any point in time, literally any time of the day. And I know that I can get them. I, I can talk to them. If I need something, I can voice it to them with with no issue, no problem whatsoever. And we have relationships. Not to say it's the only time that's happened. I definitely have relationships like that here as well. But, um, not but. And I need to be thinking about how to continually put off falsehood and how to continually tell the truth and speak the truth to my brothers and sisters. Confessing, where are we really? You know, how are we doing spiritually, mentally, emotionally? All of this Confessing these things, being truthful, putting off falsehood cultivates unity. How can we put falsehood and speak truthfully to our brothers and sisters? Pray for opportunities. God will definitely provide them. Uh, next, when we'll just go through the line, even for the, the sake of time, we'll just go down these practicals. Uh, Paul actually also exhorts the church to not give in to anger, right? And what better opportunity to put off falsehood and speak the truth? That when a brother or sister does something that gets under your skin, you know, uh, whether inadvertently or they just straight up uh, do or say something they ought not. <laughs> I don't want to come too far off the cuff there. Don't know what might come up. But uh, Paul tells the disciples not to sin in their anger and not to give the devil a foothold by harboring resentment, by sitting with their anger over for bouts of time. You know, Paul says, don't sit in your anger. Go and work it out with that person. This is this is kind of the putting into practice, putting off falsehood and speaking the truth. Go do it quickly. And verse three, it's all for the sake of preserving that unity uh, to make that effort. I know this week a brother shared with me like, bro, I was, I was kind of struggling. I was kind of struggling. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what was going on? I thought you might have been. What was going on? And he shared, he shared what was going on and everything. And he shared, you know, that it, it likely was, was him. It wasn't necessarily me, uh, but that's where his heart was at. He, he put off falsehood. He put off falsehood uh, and he made sure he wasn't going to let the devil get a foothold at all. And that's encouraging. That's the type of example. Very good stuff. Are you setting a great example for us in Christ? Uh, it's the type of example that we need to be following. You don't ask God, how how can I deal with my anger in a way that promotes unity? How can I deal with my anger that promotes unity? Um, going, going on there to the next practical, um, where Paul tells the disciples to stop stealing. He says, work with your hands so that you'll be able to have something for others who are in need. Um, Drew, how am I doing on time here? Just keep going. Two minutes, three minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of practicals here. <laughs> Nobody, he, he tells him, stop stealing. I know what you're thinking. Like, ha, Rashawn, I got you. I got you. I don't struggle with stealing, bro. That one time when I was a kid, I was like seven, but my mom took me back to the store, made me put it back. So I'm, I'm good in this, in this area. But it's like, you know, maybe God wants you to get a principle out of this as opposed to uh taking it literally maybe at, at the heart of the matter it's what in what ways have you been holding back as opposed to being generous 
In what ways have you been withholding your time, your love, your energy, food, what, what, what have you? Uh, in what ways have you been holding back as opposed to generously giving to your brothers and sisters? And just remember that generosity promotes unity. How about speech? You know, in your speech, Paul exhorts the church to, to have wholesome speech, to not have unwholesome speech, to not grieve the Holy Spirit. I had to think about that. Am I building up my wife and my daughter with how I speak to them? You know, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your speech so that you will edify those that hear. Because building others up through speech promotes unity. Uh, Paul then goes through a list of different things uh, to get rid of. Bitterness, uh, rage, anger, brawling, slander, every kind of malice. Be, be praying through these things. I know I struggle with anger. I have to be praying through that. Malice. To be praying through that, just just put it in my mind, bro. Pray for these things. Pray for God to help me. Pray for God to rid me of these things so that I can pr pursue being unified. And he also says uh, to to be compassionate and kind to one another. And thinking about how can we be compassionate? What opportunities does God provide to be compassionate? So, in conclusion. Um, in transition, I know that there were a lot of practicals there, but just if you could take one thing from this, this whole passage or from anything that I've shared, hone in on that one thing and focus on that. In co conclusion, remember the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him. Uh, Jesus' sacrifice, his love is always the foundation, always the motivation for our faith. He is the one that we're clothed in. Jesus is the new self that we've put on. Remember that. Remember him. And for unity's sake, there are a lot of practicals, like I said. So ask God to make it clear. What could I be focusing on via this passage, via what I've heard today? Uh, and pray about it. Pray that the Holy Spirit guides you to promote unity through these practicals. And then when you're ready and you really want to know what God wants you to work on to promote unity, ask your spouse. <laughs> Ask your roommate, ask someone that knows you, uh, and, and they will let you know. God will use them. He will use them <laughs> to, uh, to, to make clear what it is that you can practically be working on out of these things to help promote you. Please remember, remember it's all about Christ and the new self, and remember for unity's sake that we love one another and put these things into practice. Love you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is Stephen Wetzel, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, you can go to blueridge.church or join us at Burnley Moran Elementary School at 7 p.m. Wednesdays or 10.30 a.m. on Sundays in Charlottesville, Virginia. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.